As educators, it's so important that we talk about the intersection between the curriculum in our classroom and the careers our students are doing someday. Today's episode, we are chatting with someone who has brought that employability aspect to their high school classes. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, educators, I'm so excited on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. We get to chat with Dustin Goldie. He's not your typical STEM teacher, and I'm really excited for him to be able to share all the amazing things he's doing with his students uh, in the state of Ohio. He is a employability instructor and coordinator. And if you may think that that's kind of a, a weird title for a STEM teacher, you're right. But it's phenomenal because we're going to talk about careers and employability and all those types of skills we really want our kids and that intersection with the STEM learning that happens maybe in our normal classrooms. Welcome to the show today, Dustin. Hey, thank you so much, Mr. Woods, for having me, Mr. Daily STEM. I'm telling you right now, I can't wait to wake up in the mornings and find your post because it it energizes me each and every day. Uh, what you're doing for education, what you're doing for STEM, what you're doing for kids is phenomenal. And uh, you are motivating adults like myself each day. So thank you for having me on this awesome podcast. Hey, I, I appreciate all that, Dustin. And and likewise, educators, you got to follow Dustin on Twitter at KHS Job Training. Of course, that's in the show notes as well, at KHS Job Training. Some amazing things you're doing with your students, but before we get into that, um, tell us how you got into education, especially how you became this thing called an employability coordinator. All right, so I, I've been at King's Local for 20 years, so uh, as you can see with this gray hair, I've been around for a while, and I was always I was always a social studies teacher, mm. and uh, up to about five years ago, and our curriculum director, Mr. Matt Freeman came to me one day and he said, hey, we really want to build this employability program. The state of Ohio, uh, from the governor down, has said, hey, we want to build a workforce readiness program hmm. across the board. So they asked me, they said, hey, would you be interested in taking this program over and just running with it? I mean, there were no boundaries. There were no requirements. Just build it. A little you know, bit of a little bit of a free reign that I think a lot of educators are thinking, wow, that'd be nice to be able to, you know, but there's also a little bit of trepidation in there. Like, how do how do I do it? How do I start? What's well, what's going to be the important stuff? And 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 so from the top down, you've got this idea. You're coming at it from your social studies background, but you've got those yeah. other skills too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So like I I'm a, a traditional social studies teacher and I'm trying to think, how can I get innovative? and change the way I'm doing things. Standing up in front of these kids today for 45 straight minutes and lecturing, you just can't do it. You've got to somehow keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. So that was my goal when I when I took it over. What can I do to make it real world and, and problem solving? And I think that's where STEM came in for me is I found out through Twitter, through following legends like yourself, that you don't have to be a STEM teacher to do STEM. And, yeah. and I, I think that regular educators are so intimidated by STEM because they think you got to be that math teacher that, you know, you got to be in technology, you got to, you know, science and all that. Well, you don't. It's about problem solving and bringing problem solving to the students. 
So I, that's what I try to do in my class. We do a lot of activities. And I tell you, I, we talked about this prior to, the, to coming on. I thought I was crazy trying to do some <laughs> of the things that I was doing, like going out and trying to change a car uh, battery, charging yeah. a car battery, changing tires on a on a vehicle. And then I, I get on Twitter and I, and I get your book and I see you already have that in there. That gives me confidence that, hey, there's no idea too wild with STEM. There's no idea too crazy for STEM. Yeah. And it makes you feel comfortable. There's other educators like you out there yeah. that are doing a lot of this same stuff. That's awesome. Appreciate that, Dustin. And, and and honestly, you're right, though. I mean, you don't have to be a STEM education teacher to do STEM. You can every teacher could be adding that STEM. And, and like you said, it's a lot of problem solving. And sometimes that problem you got to solve is the flat tire or the battery that you got to change. Well, now those kids understand that, hey, that tire as that tire goes around. Now they can visualize that in their head. That make, that's going to make circumference and area and things like that make more sense that working on that battery. They're going to come into that chemistry class. They're going to say, OK, I understand the flow of electrons. I understand all those chemicals inside that battery a little bit better because of some of those those real world skills that you're doing. Now, I, I got to first off, I just I just want to get you to talk about when you have when you have people come and visit because you got so many people looking in at all the great stuff you're doing. You give them helmets with uh, like some sticker logos on it. That's awesome. Yeah. So we we do the uh, King's Hard Hat Award and the hard hat. I don't care what profession you're in. The hard hat represents going to work each day. Yeah. And there's so many hardworking Americans out there in all professions. And that we're trying to promote multiple career pathways in our in our course. And the hard hat, everyone lights up when you give them one and tell them that it's the hard hat award because it means you're working hard. It doesn't yeah. mean you're a construction worker only. Right. And uh, we've we've been able to present one to uh, a very special guest, Lieutenant Governor Husted, last year. He came down and accepted one. Wow. Uh, we've given them to firefighters. We've given them to police officers, to our nurses. A lot of our unsung heroes at Kings, you know, our secretaries, our cafeteria workers. So yeah. we try to try to recognize people with the King's hard hat award. And and, and you know what? I'm, I think that's something that so many educators could think of a way to do that, to recognize those people in their, not just in their school, but in their community that are doing that hard work. And, and as you bring those people into your classrooms, you're you're giving those kids that representation of all those different types of jobs. Like you said, it's a wide variety of STEM jobs out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you were you were talking, you know, about like going and changing the car tire and being an employability teacher. Well, I feel like I've been able to take STEM and connect it to your real world job. Because if you're late to work and you know the first day or the first interview you have, guess what? You're gonna walk outside and your car battery is not gonna work at some point. <laughs> or you're gonna have a flat tire. Yeah. Well, with STEM, I'm teaching them how to change that tire, how to use an air nozzle and all that kind of stuff. And that's gonna help them stay employable because they're not gonna be late to work. Yeah. And um, it's just awesome to see how the, our employability course has mixed so well with the ideas that come from like your book and, and, and all the other different STEM innovators. Uh, it's, it's just been, I've been blessed to be able to have that. It just a perfect mesh of teaching kids life skills, teaching kids employability and teaching kids STEM skills. Yeah. And, and I got to get you right now into this, Dustin, and, and you post a lot of these again on your Twitter at KHS job training. Uh, a lot of the things you're doing with those students, Dustin, are, are some really high tech stuff. I mean, you were the other day, you posted something about kids uh, using VR and things yeah. like that. 
Yeah. We partnered with Sinclair University, a, a two-year program right across the street from us, and they actually gave us to, to use for our exams a virtual reality training through, there were 16 different career clusters. Kids could pick being a mechanic, changing oil, being a firefighter. This stuff was so real, Mr. Woods. It, it was, it makes the hair stand up on the back of my head. And, you know, you and I, we, I think we've talked a little bit on Twitter, uh, you know, the, giving a kid the paper test, ABCD, multiple choice for an exam. I thought, come on, it's 2023. Let's try to figure out a way to get these kids excited about learning. And mm -hmm. boy, the kids love the virtual reality stuff. I love the virtual reality stuff. We've got to understand that, um, in the next five to 10 years, virtual reality, automation, robotics, STEM, all that stuff is coming. And it's coming a lot quicker than a lot of folks know. Mm -hmm. And it's part of every job. Again, like you said, yeah. not just not just every teacher being a, doing some STEM, every job is, has got STEM in it already. And it's going to be even more as we go forward. So Dustin, a lot of people are probably listening and thinking, well, okay, maybe he's a high school teacher. And, and yeah, I mean, that's great. They could be doing some of those, those high tech things. And I mean, I'm not going to let a, you know, a, a third grader change a tire but you're already looking at ways that you can you can push some of those things down into those middle school level and then that elementary level, right? Yeah, my administration they they probably get tired of me constantly pushing <laughs> the envelope. But I'm a big believer. My my buddy Dan Leffingwell, Noble mm -hmm. Local Schools, you know very well. He uh, he his big philosophy is from cradle to career, and it's never too young to start kids talking about careers. And I've worked with a couple, um, you know, elementary teachers to try to maybe do like a job fair. Let's think back when you were in second grade and someone asked you what you wanted to do. You got excited about wanting yeah. to be a truck driver, yeah. a farmer, a police officer, a firefighter. But mm -hmm. somewhere along the line in education, we kind of numb these kids to not be excited about being a, a firefighter anymore or a farmer or a truck driver or a mechanic. And uh, we got to keep that that drive alive mm -hmm. and and help kids understand there's multiple career pathways to be successful. Yeah. It's just yeah. not college. Yeah. And so thinking of some of those ways, I mean, that's that's definitely a great way to do that, to to find some people in your community. Like you said, I mean, you just partnered with the college that happens to be like across the street from your school, yeah. you know, to get some some resources. You know, if, if people, if educators are wondering, I mean, just start looking out, just start asking people around, asking, you know, asking coworkers and saying, hey, do you know anybody that works in the community? Hey, do you know anybody? I mean, a lot of people have relatives that are willing to ask all the parents. I mean, what what parents, you know, back in the day, Career day was such a was such a big oh, thing. Man. Parents would would take a you know an hour and come into a school and and talk with their kids' class and and the more that we can do things like that to show those kids that wide variety of careers is is so important. I, I've seen so many great ideas, so many things you've tried to do uh, with your students and and just tell us uh, some educators, give them some more of those ideas. What are some of those things that you're doing to beyond some of those things we've already mentioned? Well, you know, one of the things I, I believe is the one most important, it may just be me, but it's it's in your book too, so I know I'm not crazy, but reading the tape measure, it's a lost art. Uh, how many, I don't care where you're at, how old you are, you're going to need to read a tape measure. So we do a tape measure scavenger hunt throughout the building where kids run around and mm -hmm. measure all kinds of different pre-selected items that I've found throughout the school. That's, that is one of the, the best ones. Now I also do, um, and I, I please ask your administration to make sure you're all right with this, but I, I do like a power tool day where I'll bring in a, a weed, a weed eater or a, um, 
you know, a small edge trimmer and uh, let the kids just kind of get a feel for it. And obviously you're wearing safety glasses and all that. Yeah. But kids, kids don't know how to start some of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, by learning that, Hey, it might open them up to a career in, in uh, you know, landscaping. So, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, we do a lot of that. Um, and I, one thing I want to hit on too: partnerships mean everything. There are businesses, there are there are colleges, universities. They are dying to get into our schools and partner with us. I don't care if you're yeah. urban, rural, or suburban. They're there and they want to help, and they will also throw funding at you and help you. So if you're an educator out there, don't be afraid to reach out to your local businesses because they want in. Yeah, and and, and again, uh, some of those things that you were just mentioning, you know, like that tape measure scavenger hunt. I can imagine yeah. any teacher, any grade that's that's so many different, uh, you know, great connections uh, for that. Uh, that idea that you brought up earlier, you know, from uh, Dan Leffingwell, that cradle to career idea, and and it doesn't start just when you get to high school. Getting those kids excited about careers at even those young ages is, is so important. I'm I'm sure there's some other things you've done, and and probably some things that didn't work so well either. Yeah, um, trial by error, that's for sure. You know, a lot of when I first started the employability stuff, I was like, okay, will this work? Will that work? My biggest thing was transitioning my teaching style from Mm -hmm. a traditional stand up in front of the room 45 minutes a day to more of a student based approach where, hey, here's a problem, fix it. Yeah. And then just looking at them and they a lot of times they kind of look around and, you know, they're, hey, what am I supposed to do? Uh, but it makes them have to think on their own and problem solve. Uh, you know, yeah, I I failed a, a lot along the way trying to do, you know, different corny type uh, STEM type activities and and it flopped. And I'm like, that didn't work so well. We learn so much more from our, our failures than we do our successes. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah, it's helped me develop me where I'm at today. But thank God for resources like yours, uh, your book, and uh, places like Everfi. Uh, they have helped give me so much uh, resources to to work with that, that that I'm very blessed. Yeah, yeah. There's and again, there's so many resources out there, and and again, it's just starting to use whatever you've got available to you. I mean, I, I thought it was really interesting a while back. You posted that one of your kids brought in this this long metal. Uh, yeah. campfire poker that, yeah. that him and his family had made. And, yeah. and that's that's just something that, that that kid was interested in because that was something that their family does. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, and, and when we do a lot of the hands-on activities, he's one of the first ones to volunteer. Uh, I'll bring in uh, a lot of times a, a drill and I teach the kids the different, you know, heads of the drill, the Philip head, the flat head. He's one of the first ones to jump in. And I think getting involved in STEM activities Made him really go home and say, "Hey, I, I, hey, Dad, let's create this this poker for Mister Goldie. He can use it on the farm. He can use it for his fireplace. Mm-hmm. Handcrafted, six hours. You talk about chills when you get a kid to bring in that as your gift for the holidays. Yeah, and knowing that he used his hands and it was a STEM related activity, straight yeah. up blacksmith. <laughs> That's awesome. And and yeah. and too, a, a lot of those things, you know, whether those turn into that kid's career. Uh, or not. I mean, these are things. I mean, if they're learning how to how to cook and and bake and stuff like that, I mean, that's a that's a great side skill that kid can always do throughout their life. You know, doing a little catering or baking on the side, or you know, same thing with uh, metalworking. So much of that is is really kind of that new face of what entrepreneurship is becoming. 
Yeah, uh, and that's something that's big. I'm glad you brought that up. Entrepreneurship with our young people, the the big key word is side hustle. Kid, you know, I didn't <laughs> yep. know what a side hustle was until I started teaching employability, and I was telling kids, "Hey, you might, you know, you could get a second job," and they're like, "What do you mean side hustle?" So now I know what side hustle means. So these kids love entrepreneurship. Yeah, they 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 love hearing about successful business people and how it worked. What were their failures? What were their successes? You know, you know, Mr. Perna, he actually Zoomed with us last year on our show and he's big into workforce development. And he told his story about how he's become an entrepreneur and um, the kids love it. They eat it up. So entrepreneurship is, is a main focus in our class about how you become your own business owner. Yeah. And you, I mean, you've kind of got your own side hustle a little bit too. I mean, you're, yeah. you're a farmer on the side, right? Yes, sir. I, I, you know, I didn't, again, I didn't know that I had a cattle side hustle, but uh, <laughs> until the kids told me, but yeah, I, I've, I've always raised cattle. It's called Goldie beef. We've uh, been blessed to have a big clientele where we raise freezer beef. We, we, we deliver straight to our, our customers. You know, it, it's just a great, a great thing. And, and the kids, the students love hearing about the farm. Anytime you talk about animals, I don't care if it's chickens, rabbits, ducks, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the kids love hearing about it and they love hearing about my failures, my mm -hmm. successes, how I fell in cow poop the other day, whatever it may be. <laughs> and uh, it just helps really helps them relate to me, helps me relate to them. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's great. And and again, that's another great skill that that we can be finding ways to bring into our classrooms, whether that's, you know, start just a small classroom garden or uh, maybe oh, some yeah. maybe some worm composting and cultivating to uh, to hatch in some eggs and and um, raising those into some chickens. Th those little things can make a huge difference. And those are those things those kids are going to remember much more than, like you said, that paper and pencil exam. Oh, I tell you what, you you and I could talk hours about this. If if I could just get out of my room more, I would. We are so stuck still in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s models of education where we got 30 kids sitting in 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 these desks and uh they don't want to they don't want to sit in those desks anymore. They want to get up and move around. Mm -hmm. Having having a a little chicken farm uh, where a couple kids have some responsibility each day to feed water and collect the eggs. Mm -hmm. They would love that. They would yeah. talk about that for years. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, you don't have to do these things all overnight educators. I mean, I'm listening and I'm thinking, wow, that's a really good idea. I would love to do what Dustin is doing. And and I'm teaching chemistry for the first time this year. So I'm already this year, I'm, I'm like struggling. How do I make it more and more hands-on? How do I keep adding in those little pieces more and more each time? And 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 it just takes time and it just takes, you know, doing a little bit, trying something new and uh, eventually you're going to get there. And, and again, finding great people like Dustin to follow and, and, and steal and borrow some of their ideas. Again, follow him on Twitter at KHS Job Training. You're going to see some incredible stuff that that he's doing with his students. One other word I want to ask you about you've posted and used a few different times, Dustin, is that word experience ship. Tell us about it. All right. So our superintendent, Mr. Greg Sears, taught me that word. It took me about three days to learn how to uh, pronounce it correctly. <laughs> but Mr. Sears has brought an experience ship mentality to our school, and he wants kids to experience multiple career pathways they, he wants a kid that he wants kids to, to visit a factory. He wants them to go down to UC Medical Center. He wants to, he wants them to go tour. We have a big hospital being built right across from us, Mercy Hospital. He wants the, the IT kids to go watch how they're putting in the computers and the security systems. He wants kids to experience things 
and getting out of the classroom. So he came up with the experience ship motto and I just kind of stole it from him. And um, we are, we're trying to create experiences. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you in your book here because it goes right into it. I actually had it marked, you know, why are kids in your classroom to get grades or to learn new stuff? Well, the only way you're going to learn new stuff is if you get experience. Yeah. So experience ships is what it's all about. It is. That's it. That's it. That's awesome. And Dustin, so many great ideas. I, I know we've talked so much throughout this about what we hope STEM education starts to become. I mean, seeing how that STEM can be part of each and every classroom and, and, and any other last thoughts on what you hope about the future of STEM education? My big thing to take away to educators, if you are a social studies teacher, if you are a music teacher, if you're a well, art teacher, you're going to be probably involved in STEM, STEAM anyway. Yeah. If you're just a, if you're an English teacher, you can still do STEM activities mm -hmm. each and every day or maybe yeah. once a week. I don't, yeah. It doesn't have to be every yeah. day. Yeah. If you're one of those teachers, you can still get involved in STEM. And you cloak it in the word of problem solving. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that STEM educators like yourself are embracing the fact. Because I feel like sometimes educators are like, oh, my gosh, I'm not a math teacher. Or if you are a math teacher, uh, you can't be a part of our STEM club. The way <laughs> you've embraced it and allowed regular educators like me to get involved into mm -hmm. your world mm -hmm. says volumes about you, our colleagues, I can't say enough about STEM education and how it's got to be a culture that is starts from K through 12. Yep. And it's it's going to be huge for all of us if we can get to that point. Yep. Some of us are more are more advanced and further ahead as school districts. Yep. But once we get there, because these jobs are coming, these yeah. automated robotic type jobs are coming. Yep. And we're so at one point, somebody's going to go, whoa, when did this happen? Hey, guys like you and I have been saying, we told you so, it's, it's here. <laughs> and we want our kids to not be the ones going, uh-oh, when did this happen? We want correct. our kids to be saying, we're ready for this. And, yes, and that's, that's what it's all about. And again, it doesn't have to be one of those overnight things, one of those great big things you're doing. It could be just in those little things you're doing. Uh, just today, I took a copy of NASA made a, uh, a graphic novel of going to Mars for, for kids to read. And they made an English and a Spanish version one. And I, and I happened to get two copies of those. I took them up to our Spanish teacher and I said, here, this is a great, another connection that you yeah. can have that STEM piece built into, you know, that literacy, that, that Spanish language. And, um, you know, and he's like, good, I think I'm going to uh, come up with an idea of project around this. So finding those little ways. And again, helping those other teachers out in your school is a great idea too. Uh, Dustin, a question I love to ask everybody, if you could have somebody be that ultimate guest speaker in your classroom. I mean, you've already got a ton of them already. Could you think of anybody just you could ultimately have come into your classroom? You know, uh, you asked me that prior to the show and I, I, I kind of think about it and to keep it STEM related, the one, you know, as a history teacher, hmm. we talk about this individual a lot. See, there we go. We're connecting it already to STEM yep. again. Yep. My guy, Albert Einstein, yeah. I would love to pick his brain. I would love for him to come in and speak to our students uh, if he was still around because yep. He's a guy that didn't do school real well. Yeah. Uh, he he did not like the traditional model of school, and a lot of people told him that he was uh, he was either dumb or he wasn't made out for school. And he ends up being one of the smartest people in in our history. Yeah. So I would love to pick his brain about how would he have made school better. <laughs> That's a good question. Wow. How would he have made school better? Because yeah. uh, we got to break this uh, 
this industrial revolution model of, of the way we do things. We yeah. got to we got to change it for the better for our kids yeah. and for our future. All those careers are changing. It's time to change how the education is, too. So, yeah. Dustin, it's been been a real privilege talking with you today. I can't recommend it enough. Connect with Dustin through Twitter at KHS Job Training or, or send me a message if you need to connect with him and I'll be happy to pass it along to him. Any other last thoughts, Dustin, for all the educators listening? You know, I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing each and every day, how personable you are, uh, as famous as you are, you could easily just kind of, <laughs> you could easily just blow off the direct message when someone sends it to you, but you have been phenomenal. I encourage everyone to reach out to you as well. And uh, their Twitter has just been amazing to help me grow as a professional. I've met so many neat people. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, d- uh, Daily STEM, if you haven't got that book, you better get it as your 2023 top read because it. I, I reread it. It's so, it's so good. So yeah. it proves to me that I'm not crazy. That's 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 what it's all about, educators. We're not crazy. We're just trying to make things better yeah. for our kids each and every day. Dustin Goldie, really appreciate you being on the STEM Everyday Podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. And again, educators, if you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. You can subscribe to the podcast or leave a review on your favorite podcast app to help more educators find all these great stories to hear uh, that people like Dustin are doing in their classrooms to get more and more kids engaged with that learning each and every day. Again, if you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com. I'm always happy to help. And until next time, just keep on doing that most important work, engaging and inspiring our kids every day to be ready for all those careers out there.